Welcome to Formative, the show where today's leaders are interviewed by the leaders of tomorrow. Today's guest is Mary Lou Galvez. She's an Emmy award-winning journalist who's now the president and general manager of WABC-TV. Mary Lou's leadership has helped build a multicultural presence at her station, and we are thrilled to hear from her today. Hello and welcome. I'm Rachel Gazdick, CEO of New York Edge, and my co-host today is Kareem. Hey, Kareem, welcome to today's show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, my name is Kareem. I like to play basketball, and I go to MSD56 Coval's Community Voices. So, Kareem, you know, this is a pretty big deal to co-host a show with such a famous person as Mary Lou. Tell me what you're excited about in doing today's show. I'm excited to find out what she does. Yeah, me too, because I think she has an incredible job and an incredible responsibility. Let's not wait any longer, and let's bring Mary Lou into the show. Mary Lou, thanks so much for being here. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Kareem. Thank you for having me. Super excited. I love New York Edge, so uh, this is a, a, an honor for me. So thank you for having me. So Kareem, I'm going to turn the show over to you. Why don't you ask Mary Lou your first question? My first question is, why did you choose to become a TV show manager? So I used to be a classical ballet dancer before I got into this business. And that's a whole other story. I was hit by a car my freshman year of college. And so I studied dance at the Juilliard and the Joffrey Ballet School. And I had to kind of pivot. So one of the things that I love to talk about is you may have a plan, but you have to be nimble because life will take you in different journeys. So, you know, when I was hit by a car, I knew that at that point, you know, I had to figure out what I wanted to do because I needed time away from school to heal. And, you know, the dancer's career is very short. And so I spoke to a guidance counselor and the guidance counselor said, well, do you want to do an internship at Telemundo? It was a station right by where I lived in New Jersey. And I said, sure. So I didn't know what to expect. And, you know, when I walked in, I absolutely fell in love with the behind the scenes and the action and the cameras and the lights and the phones ringing and the scanners going off. And so I started, I started as an intern. I was offered my first job while I was still in school. Then from there, I went to Fox five and from Fox five, I went to NBC and from NBC, I went to channel seven. So I kind of worked my way up. Mm. How long have you been working for WABC-TV? So 20 years I've been working at WABC. I started out as a assignment editor on the weekends, freelance. I was the only person behind the desk that spoke Spanish. And my first day on the job was when flight 587 crashed. The majority of the passengers on that flight were from Washington Heights going to Dominican Republic. And so there was a huge need for someone like me who could speak Spanish and get interviews and help our reporters, you know, get out and get information out to the families that were searching for their loved ones. So that was my first day at Channel 7. And then a couple of years, I would, you know, I continued to get promoted to other shows. So I left the weekend and then became the 11 o'clock assignment editor and then I became the first Hispanic managing editor, uh, which is overseeing the editorial content of Eyewitness News. So Mara Lou, can you tell us a little bit 
more about the importance and then and power of being bilingual and how that's played out in your role. Absolutely. Back then, you know, 20 years ago, there weren't a lot of people behind the scenes that reflected the underserved communities that we serve. And so, you know, I wanted to blend in. I didn't really want to stand out. I did not want to be, you know, seen as Latina because there weren't a lot of people like that. And so, you know, I realized quickly that there was a big need for someone who speaks Spanish to be able to represent and be able to help get information out to our communities. And so, you know, it's a lot easier now. You know, I'm part of the diversity, equity and inclusion for DMED networks. And there's still so much work that we need to do. But I am so happy that there's so many more opportunities now than there were at the time. Okay. What are some skills that you gained in this job? Communication is key in media. I mean, you have to communicate. That sounds obvious, but believe it or not, we're not that great at communicating because there's so much coming at us. I think you need to communicate. I think you need to listen. I think also everyone's different, right, Kareem? So what I may have a conversation with you about may resonate differently on another person. What's the best way to communicate with you? You may need lunch with me or you may not want to have lunch and have just a phone call. Those things matter because I want to make sure that if you're comfortable and we have a relationship, we're going to both get the most out of each other from a business level and perspective. So I think knowing your employees, reading the room is very important. So Kareem, if you're ever in a, in a situation where you walk in, read the room, meaning look around, kind of assess the situation, give yourself a minute before you just jump out and just give your thoughts. So reading the room is really important. And I, I learned that quickly and having a seat at the table. Not everyone's going to invite you to sit at the table. You sit at the table. You know, I remember I was always sitting, you know, there'd be a, a huge, uh, you know, meeting table. Everyone would be around and then you'd have other chairs in the back. And I always sat in the back and there was a woman who was a news director at the time. She said, why are you sitting there? Why don't you sit at the table? And there's no reason why, you know, anyone should be left out. So being a woman, how did that play out in your role? Yeah. So besides the fact I'm a Hispanic woman, I'm a woman in a very male dominant industry. Women are now having so many more roles at the Disney company. And I'm super happy about that. We're almost at 49 versus 51, I think is our metrics. So that's incredible. But back then it wasn't common, right? So as I became a manager and started leading teams, obviously it's, you know, you kind of have to work twice as hard right? To have people trust that you're making the right decisions. And, and really it's to give them an opportunity also to see me, right. And kind of prove myself, especially growing within the company. Sometimes that's harder than if you're walking out from, you know, external, right. If you're walking into from someplace else, I think it's easier because they see you in a specific role. And when you become a manager and a leader, there's some convincing, right. And, and people will test you and, there's a lot of feedback that I think I welcomed and self-assessment to get better and to grow and within every job that I did. And Mary Lou, I think your story is so powerful because, you know, you started as an intern and I think a lot of kids coming out of school, they think they just jump into these roles. Can you talk about the 
hours that you put in, the sk- what are the skill sets you need to do the roles that you have done across your career? Because I think people think you just jump from point A to point B and all of that in between. So, Yeah. So look, you have to pay your dues. It's very easy to want the nine to five job. I worked the overnight shift for three years. I worked the weekend shift. I didn't enjoy my son the first couple of years of his life, right? When I was managing editor, I'd take the six o'clock bus in the morning. I didn't get home till 730 at night. Um, You've got to put the work in. Things don't come easy and quickly. And I think that's one of the things I hear a lot about the young generation is not understanding that you can't jump right? You can't jump and dive right in. There is a process. Um, And try not to say no when you're starting out, because it's the only way that you're going to learn different areas and figure out what you want to do. I talk to interns all the time who come in, they're like, I want to be a reporter. And I see those kids at the end of their internship saying, you know what? I want to be a producer or a floor director, right? And that's, that's the experience that's allowing these kids to see outside of the box or outside of that tunnel vision almost of where they want to go. They don't give other opportunities that are available to them. You know, you have students and you have other people that know exactly what they want to do. And that's great too. It's just not limiting yourself and knowing that you really do have to put in the work in anything, in anything that you do, you have to put in the work. Who inspired you when you were growing up? My mother, my grandmother. So I, you know, my grandma used to make my dresses because when I was 15 or 16 years old, I had a lot of sweet 16s that I would be invited to because all my friends were turning 16 and 15 at the same time. And I didn't want to wear the same dress. And I didn't know then, I know this now, that we couldn't afford a new dress every couple weeks. So my grandmother would ask me, what dress do you want? And I would show her a picture or show it to her and she'd make it from scratch. So I grew up with women who have always been incredibly hardworking, never made me feel like we don't have this or you're less than this person. Or I realized that later in life when I went into the reality of what the world really was, but where I grew up and how I grew up, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like you're poor or you can't do this, or we don't have the money for that. It was about working hard. And I always saw my mother working. She worked two, three jobs as far as I can remember. My grandmother was the one that really raised me at the house. So, you know, and she took me to all the dance lessons and that's expensive. And so now I know that she had to work those two, three jobs for me to be able to dance and to pay for a school like Joffrey Ballet School. What is your nationality? I'm Cuban-American, born here. Okay, nice, good. What is your family like? So I grew up in a somewhat of a non-traditional home. My mom was a single mom, and I was raised in an apartment, two-bedroom apartment. It was me, my mother, my grandmother, my aunt, and my uncle. We shared an apartment in West New York, New Jersey, and I am the first homeowner I got married. I've been married for 24 years and I have two children. I have a nine-year-old daughter named Ariana and I have a 19-year-old son named Justin and he's a sophomore and he goes to Seton Hall. Do you have any siblings? I don't. I'm Well, I'm an only child. I have a half-brother 
that I formed a really great relationship with later, you know, when we were a little older, but I'm an only child and first generation. My parents are Cuban and yeah, I'm first born here. So a lot of different things I had to go through to get to this point. What kind of, what, what is your favorite kind of music? I love all music. I think music is such a big part of the Latin culture. You know, there's always music playing in my house. You know, on weekends, I'll wake up and my husband's already has some Google music playing. And I just think it brings happiness, you know, and, and especially when you're feeling like things may not be going a certain way. Music just lifts me and my family and, and I enjoy all music. I'm, lately, I'm into country, which is, uh, <laughs> yeah, so... Um, I went to a country music festival a couple years ago, and I am totally into country music now. <laughs> okay. Do you have any other hobbies? I love to read. I love books that are empowering and help me with my self-assessment. I'm super interested in finding out like ways that I can grow and build personally and professionally. So I love reading. I don't have a whole lot of time to do a lot of fun stuff with my job and having, you know, two kids. But yeah, I, I do find the time though to read and to just have moments for myself. I love going to dinner. I love eating. I love food. <laughs> so uh, that's something that I love to do to relax is go out and have a nice dinner with my family, my husband or my kids. What is your favorite food? Seafood. I love I love seafood. I love Italian, Mexican. I'm not too keen on Indian food because I have not tried it. And I have a friend who keeps telling me that I should try it. Um, and I just haven't found the right place. That's something I definitely want to do at some point. Okay. Do you have any pets? So I'm not a pet person, but I have a pet. His name is Louie. He's a mini schnauzer. He's not mine. My cousin, uh, during the pandemic, Louie was home alone a lot because she was a nurse. And I was home remotely. My daughter was having school remotely. So I said to her, instead of having Louie alone at home, she used to watch him in a camera. I said, why doesn't he come and just spend time with us? He hasn't left. It's two years. And so he's part of our family now. My cousin goes and visits and then he gets depressed because there's always something going on in my house. And he's used to having, you know, people around now and doesn't like to be alone. So he's like my third child. And, um, you know, I say that I'm his aunt. I'm Tia. I'm not mom. But uh, we love that he's part of our family. Uh, how old is he? He's four. I missed his birthday. I really should have had like a cake or something, <laughs> but I missed it. You know, I'm, I never had pets, so I would have loved to have at least celebrate a little bit with him and get him a cute little cake, dog cake. But yeah, that didn't happen. Okay. What is your personal favorite TV show? Oh, you know, <laughs> I love The Bachelorette. <laughs> I got into The Bachelorette. I love Grey's Anatomy and Station 19. I love to watch documentaries on Hulu and, you know, watch the movies that are on Disney Plus. And I'm not just saying that because I work for the Disney company. For me, it's relaxing to just turn on the TV and watch something that's entertaining that doesn't stress me out because I'm obviously listening to news all day and that can really get difficult. So I love watching TV. My mom, she likes to watch Grace Anatomy. She's a nurse, so I get why she likes to watch it. Does she think that it's the same? 
Like, is it is it similar or is she like, that's not the way that things happen? No, she always has to agree with it. Like, it's always like she feels the same way they're feeling inside the show. Oh, that's great. You should be so proud that your mom's one of the heroes that really got us through the pandemic. So I'm sure she wasn't home a lot. Yeah. How hard is it to be a TV show producer or manager? So it's hard um, to be in this business, but I think every business is tough. Anything that you do, if you do it right, it's hard until you get the hang of it. And then it becomes easier. And then when you get to the point where you're like, oh, this is not challenging anymore. This is where you need to challenge yourself, whether it's adding something new to the job, the role or thinking about your next step, right? It's about being a good leader. And I think right now the biggest need is for people to feel safe and people to feel comfortable. And that is my main goal. So, you know, there's a lot of pressure in making sure that the station is moving in the direction it needs to move and that people are getting what they need from me and from the rest of the managers. Okay. What happens if like you make a mistake at work or you mess up? What happens? Oh, I mess up all the time. One of the suggestions that I give is just try not to make the same mistake twice. We all make mistakes. I make mistakes still. I'm going to make mistakes in this job. I just made a mistake a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, my boss's boss said to me, it's okay. You're doing a great job. Sometimes we're really hard on ourselves, but I will say, Try not to repeat the mistake. Learn from that mistake. I think the worst thing you could do that will set you apart is if you keep making the same mistake over and over. You're not learning from it. So you're going to have a lot of mistakes you're going to make in life and, you know, with school or, you know, in anything that you do. And that's okay. As long as you get out of it, as long as your mistakes aren't, you know, really bad, which, you know, you have to have that sense of like, yeah, this doesn't feel right. Listen to your gut. You know, that voice that we have inside that tells you this doesn't feel right, listen to it. Doesn't feel right, don't do it. And whatever mistake you make, don't make that mistake again. Is your current job your dream job? That's a great question. So I never, I never thought I'd get here. My dream was always to work at Channel 7 as an assignment editor. And I think what we don't do in the Latin and Black and I know Asian community and and when I speak to a lot of the kids that I mentor is we're not good at seeing beyond what the succession plan is. I never dreamed of being the managing editor. I never thought I'd become the vice president of community engagement for the number one station in the country. And I definitely did not think that I would be the first Latina to hold the president general manager position at the number one station in the country, right? So I can't say that that was my dream job because I didn't know that I would ever get here. And I don't know if it's because we limit ourselves or we hold ourselves back, or maybe we're just interested in doing, you know, the job at that moment, right? I always was into what I was doing and always wanting to create the role that fit me and made it bigger, right? And that was always my focus, but I wish I would have aspired to always think ahead. And that's something that I encourage kids to do now and even parents to kind of encourage us to think differently and get yourselves out of, you know, that box that we put ourselves in. 
So do you have a dream job? Well, my current job is great. I've only been doing it for two months. And I, I will say that working for the Disney company, that is a dream for me. The company's incredible. I mean, I've been 20 years in this company and I've had amazing opportunities. Clearly, I work for a company that has invested in me, right? And so I will say that I don't know if this is my dream job. I will say that I want to work for this company for the rest of my career. So let me ask you a question, Kareem. What do you want to do? Is there something that interests you? I know you said you love playing basketball, but what do you think you need to be able to do really well in school or to really aspire to have that dream? What is your dream and what do you need from people like me and New York Edge for you to get there? I'm like, my dream is to get to where I need to be at. So like, as I said, I like to play basketball, right? I want to be like a super NBA player. So like, I want to be like on a team with like LeBron James or Steph Curry. If they still play basketball at the time I could to play in the league. So yeah, one of my goals is to just get to the WNBA. I'm assuming you practice a lot. Yeah, I do. I, right now I have like my basketball shoes on right now because before I was going to go to the gym because everybody's in the gym right now because I think I have a game. But I came to interview you. Thank you for you not to do something you love to interview me. I think that that's, oh my goodness. I'm like, thank you. That's an honor, Kareem. And I'm sorry I'm taking you away from doing something you love, but I know I know that this is this is an important conversation for us. So good luck. And I do hope that you get to be in the NBA and I get to see you at some point in, in the future. Well, Mary Lou, thank you for just sharing and being with us today. We ask all our guests the same question. If you could give advice to your 13-year-old self, knowing what you know now, what would that advice be? Don't let yourself and your thoughts and your self-doubt, don't let that creep in too much. Be authentic, be yourself, it's okay. Trust that at the end, you'll find your way and that there are people around you that love you and support you and want you to do great things feel more confident. I don't know if I would have changed that. Would I be where I am right now? I'm not sure. But I, I do encourage and I would love for people to know that you're not alone. Don't let yourself and your own doubts make you feel like you're by yourself or you're alone in the process. Someone has walked that journey with you. Well, thank you, Mary Lou. And thank you, Kareem. It was so great to co-host with you today. So thanks. And I wish everyone a great day. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Kareem. Great job and good luck to you in basketball. You too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Formative, a production of New York Edge. I'm your host, Rachel Gastic. My co-host today was Kareem from MS356 in Queens. He was assisted by Hannah Prescott Eberly. Our production partner for this series is Citizen Racecar. This episode was produced by David Hoffman and Tasha Lemley. Post-production by Alex Brower. Original music by Garrett Tiedemann. Production management by Gabriella Montekin. Thanks to the whole team here at New York Edge for making this series possible. Never miss an episode of Formative by subscribing to the series at newyorkedge.org formative or wherever you get your podcasts.